The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Our lady has always given us messages that teach us to let our only instrument be love. If there's anything, she's coming for us that. So we have to ask ourselves, how strong do we be? How strong should we be in tolerating sin? Does that mean we don't root out the sin out of culture? Is that love if we don't and we just tolerate? There's a confusion in the church today of toleration that we now have accepted sin in so many ways. St. Augustine related about the two testaments, the one written in stone, the obligation of man, and the threat of default of obedience, and then the one written on the heart. Those in the Old Testament who acted through fear and punishment were really enslaved by that. Those Christians who loved were the two children. And this is what our lady brings to us. Because fear and threat only can make you change externally. 
out of the fear of that, but that doesn't change anything to you interiorly. It forces your actions to behave, but in your heart, you don't. And so Christianity brings to us the transformation of the heart. And that goes where you want to be exteriorly in communion with God. So he's thought to St. Augustine and what he relates to us about the New Testaments and the Old Testament is one is in stone and one is in the heart. And so if that's the case, and if you love, God takes care of everything. And in surprising ways that you can't even imagine. Because one is acting on fear, the threat to stay obedient. The other is acting on hope of what it brings. Is it just posterity? Yes. God will feed the birds of the air. Clothe the flowers of the fields. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't disdain those things in relation to that, having things in attachment to things in posterity. That's not, that's not what we do it for. We do it for love of God. And if you love, everything works toward good, even evil, and even things that you think can't, that would be impossible for it to be, can be. This is a true story that was taken from the Jewish press, and it's written by Arnold Fine. It was a freezing day a few years ago when I stumbled on a wallet in the street. There was no identification inside, just three dollars and a crumpled letter that looked as if it had been carried around for years. The only thing legible was the torn envelope with the attorney address. I opened the letter and saw that it had been written in 1924, almost 60 years ago. I read it carefully, hoping to find some clue to the identity of the wallet's owner. It was a Dear John letter. The writer, in a delicate script, told the recipient, whose name was Michael, that her mother forbade her to see him again. Nevertheless, she would always love him. It was signed, Hannah. It was a beautiful letter, but there was no way beyond the name Michael to identify the owner, so I called information to see if the operator could help. Operator, this is an unusual request. I'm trying to find the owner of a wallet I found. Is there any way you could tell me the phone number of an address that was on the letter in the wallet? The operator gave me her supervisor, who said there was a phone listed at the address, but that she could not give me that number. However, she would call and explain the situation. Then, if the party wanted to talk, she would contact me. I waited a minute, and she came back on the line. I have a woman who will speak with you. I asked the woman if she knew a Hannah. Oh, of course. We bought this house from Hannah's family. Would you know where they would be located now, I asked. Hannah had to place her mother in a nursing home years ago. Maybe the home could help you track down the daughter. The woman gave me the name of the nursing home. I called and found out that Hannah's mother had died. The woman I spoke with gave me an address where she thought Hannah could be reached. I phoned. 
The woman who answered explained that Hannah herself was now living in a nursing home. She gave me the number. I called and was told, Yes, Hannah is with us. I asked if I could stop by to see her. It was almost 10 o'clock p.m. The director said that Hannah might be asleep, but if you want to take a chance, maybe she's in the day room watching television. The director and a guard greeted me at the door of the nursing home. We went up to the third floor and saw the nurse, who told us that Hannah was indeed watching TV. We entered the day room. Hannah was a sweet, silver-haired old-timer with a warm smile and friendly eyes. I told her about the wallet and showed her the letter. The second she saw it, she took a deep breath. Young man, she said, this letter was the last contact I had with Michael. She looked away and then said pensively, I loved him very much, but I was only sixteen, and my mother felt I was too young. He was so handsome, you know, like Sean Connery, the actor. We both laughed. The director then left us alone. Yes, Michael Goldstein was his name. If you find him, tell him I still think of him often. I never did marry, she said, smiling through tears that welled up in her eyes. I guess no one ever matched up to Michael. I thanked Hannah and said goodbye and took the elevator to the first floor. As I stood at the door, the guard asked, Was she able to help you? I told him that she gave me a lead. At least I have a last name, but I probably won't pursue it further for a while. I explained that I had spent almost the whole day trying to find the wallet's owner. While we talked, I pulled out the brown leather case with its red lanyard lacing and showed it to the guard. He looked at it and said, Hey, I know that anywhere. That's Mr. Goldstein's. He's always losing it. Who's Mr. Goldstein, I asked. He's one of the old-timers on the eighth floor. That's Mike Goldstein's wallet for sure. He goes out for a walk quite often. I thanked the guard and ran back to the director's office to tell him what the guard had said. He accompanied me to the eighth floor. I prayed that Mr. Goldstein would be up. I think he's still in the day room, the nurse said. He likes to read at night. We went to the only room that had lights on, and there was a man reading a book. The director asked him if he had lost his wallet. Michael Goldstein looked up, felt his back pocket, and then said, Goodness, it is missing. The second he saw it, he smiled with relief. Yes, he said, that's it. Must have dropped it this afternoon. I want to give you a reward. Oh, no, thank you, I said. But I have to tell you something. I read the letter in the hope of finding out who owned the wallet. The smile on his face disappeared. You read that letter? Not only did I read it, I think I know where Hannah is. He grew pale. Hannah? You know where she is? How is she? Is she still as pretty as she was? I hesitated. Please tell me, Michael urged. She's fine and just as pretty as when you knew her. Could you tell me where she is? I want to call her tomorrow. He grabbed my hand and said, You know something? When that letter came, my life ended. I never married. I guess I'll always love her. Michael, I said, 
Come with me. The three of us took the elevator to the third floor. We walked towards the day room where Hannah was sitting, still watching TV. The director went over to her. Hannah, he said softly, do you know this man? Michael and I stood waiting in the doorway. She adjusted her glasses, looking for a moment, but didn't say a word. Hannah, it's Michael, Michael Goldstein. Do you remember? Michael? Michael, it's you. He walked slowly to her side. She stood and they embraced. The two of them sat on a couch, held hands, and started to talk. The director and I walked out, both of us crying. See how the good Lord works, I said philosophically. If it's meant to be, it will be. Three weeks later, I got a call from the director, who asked, Can you break away on Sunday to attend a wedding? He didn't wait for an answer. Yep, Michael and Hannah are going to tie the knot. It was a lovely wedding, with all the people at the nursing home joining in the celebration. Hannah wore a beige dress and looked beautiful. Michael wore a dark blue suit and stood tall. The home gave them their own room, and if you ever wanted to see a 76-year-old bride and a 78-year-old groom acting like two teenagers, you had to see this couple. A perfect ending for a love affair that lasted nearly 60 years. All things work toward good for those who love God. And as the story said, it's the good Lord's work. Our Lady is here for that, to teach us these things. This story speaks to you of that. Do you want to be fulfilled in life? Do you want everything God wants to give you? Hope in the heart is expressed through love and is always rewarded. Always. Never will it not be. Our Lady is here for us to be taught to have love in our heart, to express ourselves in our actions and our acts of truth, to bring people, all people, back to the heart of God. Our Lady just told us on September 25th, little children encourage each other to prayer with the heart so that prayer may fulfill your life. We're not a fulfilled people today. We don't know what true fulfillment is anymore. Our Lady's here to teach us that. We have to change our environment, change everything around us. Because we have a world that has abandoned God, forgotten God, and He obeys now only out of fear rather than out of love. Allah says, I am with you, I intercede for all of you. And often that can be through an intercession of just your wish of what your hope is, just like this couple in a scenario that nobody could even write a story such as that except through a true story. And Allah come here to write that. She's come here to show it to us through her messages. Are you on your knees? at the moment she comes to the earth. Because she literally deposits something into your heart 
to her blessing for the whole world. I've been with Maria on times that she was rushed, or the circumstance that wasn't very good for prayer. She was been at the grocery store, had to run to the car. She didn't realize it was that late. And often those apparitions, Our Lady would be there only 30 seconds because it wasn't always prepared to the circumstances of life where Maria could even do that, whether she's at the doctor or whatever they may be. But one thing that happens in that apparition is that Our Lady always, always gives a blessing. Never has she not done that. There was one circumstances that I won't go into that Our Lady didn't appear probably 20 seconds. She blessed and she left. Why is that? Because you're being marked. Those who know about Our Lady, those who know the time, those who honor the time, and those who don't know Our Lady, don't know anything about her, they still get marked also. Not to the same degree. But they've been put on a path of some future conversion. And so it is. She gives us a special blessing we can extend to others that somewhere they may be open to conversion to have an encounter with God where they've been like this couple separated for 60 years from God and reunited to Him. This is the plan. And it's going to come as a tsunami. The last three things that's going to happen would be the three secrets to to the final proof of the apparitions. The last chance for man to change. And so that's what we're about here. Our mission is this way. It's a mission based on love, self-sacrifice, February 25th, 1988, sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. We live that. We want that. We want to give Our Lady our all, everything in us, our whole being, without reserve, without counting selfishness, but to live selfless. This is the call. And I can't help but think God was looking down on this couple, the angels sitting on the edge of the seat as Mr. Goldstein came in toward Hannah. After all these years, the joy this might bring to heaven, just even given these things Maria describes as candies. And you can have this in your life. It may be in different forms and different stories, but Our Lady's writing a story every day. We see miracles in our everyday life. Our Lady said that. You do what I say, you follow the messages, and you'll see miracles in your everyday life. Sometimes they're small candies. Sometimes they're great big desserts. Sometimes they're beyond that, they shock us. But whatever it is, you'll be able to trace her fingerprint on these actions. So this is a call to love. And love doesn't mean to tolerate sin in other people's lives. We must root it out. Don't be confused what tolerance is and what so much talk is of this day in diversity. It's not of God, it's of Satan. It's important that we grasp these significant things. What Augustine was trying to compare, the law written on stone as opposed to written on the heart, that the Old Testament is based often in fear, misconstrued, while the New Testament is what Our Lady is about. Her message is the New Testament, a prologue by her, a preface of the scriptures of the New Testament that reteach us who her son is. And it's time to come back to that. And so Medjinomics is about that. 
to make concrete changes in your life because we will not continue as we are. The world is bankrupt. The scripture says, love will grow cold in the end. And it's there. One of the closest ways to bring love back into your life is to get close to the soil, to get with those who are of shared communities. The Corinthians, the Thessalonians, none of those people came together on an ideal. They came together because they grew in holiness, and as they did, they had nothing in common with those who wouldn't. And there was a separation to take place. This is separation time. It is love. Do we cast everything aside? No. We become witnesses when we unite into one by separating and dividing from others in the pagan ways. That will bring about a witness that shines out where it doesn't shine when we're mixed with all the pagans and doing what they're doing and doing what we're doing on the other side on Sunday or whatever it may be. So it's important that we gather in community. It's important that we we have a witness that people see. I think it was the earlier Roman historian Fabulous who wrote, see how they love one another. See, he can see that when they're all mixed up working with the Romans all over the place and the Gentiles. But when they came together and how they acted together, they stand out. We see this in our community. We can go anywhere. People come over to us and say, where are y'all from? Who are y'all? What are y'all about? I've talked about this before. We're in the Ronald Reagan Library, minding our own business. Ronald Reagan's son comes through. He walks right up to us. He says, y'all are Catholic cowboy school. Right off the bat. We weren't doing anything that said anything. But that's how the early Christians are seen. And people are attracted to our way. Because our way is a lady's way. Our lady's way is a way of love. Frank? It is. It is a, a beautiful way, and it is how the early Christians converted pagan Rome. See how they, they love one another, supernatural charity. And love, Our Lady teaches us, is to never judge the individual. And we never judge the individual. We love the individual. But the great heresy of our time is rationalization. And the great apostasy is to deny that Jesus' grace in these times are sufficient for the sin where we are inclined. And it is never love to tolerate someone who is in serious sin and separated it from God. And Our Lady teaches us that Jesus' grace is sufficient for us. And we, can, we do have the power within the sacraments to live the supernatural life. And so, very beautiful story, I think that uh, Michael's guardian angel pickpocketed him so the guy could find his wallet and he could find Hannah. But uh, there are serious things that we need to be thinking about. Community is very important, and I think that people that are being led this way should call you, call Caritas, and be led to the to what makes sense for you, because that's the world. The world needs these communities like Caritas to be formed, that attract other people to Our Lady's Way. And also, of course, our ministry, Global Silver Investors, is for converting into the fruits of your labor into something that is safe. And that's miraculous metal magic going around. And we are here to help you with that. 
And if we can be of help to you, you can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com, and our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. And what Frank was saying, his community that they are forming has been through what the directions that they have received here from a friend of Medjugorje through the messages, and they're coming together as a community, and that call is going out to many, many people throughout the world. And as Frank mentioned, if that is something that you are thinking about, if that is something that you're feeling cold in your heart, certainly feel free to contact us here at Caritas, and we'll certainly help you in that regard towards getting a simpler way of life, towards community. In the meantime, uh, to protect the things that you have as your means of exchange, uh, that's for the purpose of the Miraculous Metal Medjugorje Around, and that's what Frank assists with. Frank, you want to go ahead and give your toll-free number again one more time? Sure. Uh, it's 877 877- Nine three six seven six eight six, and also a reminder that October the seventh through the fifteenth is the annual nine day bread and water fast. This is the fast that a friend of Medjugorje has invited the public to join us for. People throughout the world joining us for nine days on bread and water, and. Uh, by this point in time, most of you have seen the new section on the website where a friend of Medjugorje covers many questions regarding fasting. And so this is an important thing to be a part of. You can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. And you'll want to call to sign up for the nine-day bread and water fast. And so it is. We end this in anticipation of the second of the month coming up in a few days. Anticipation of wondering what Our Lady is going to do, what she's going to say is getting more intriguing, more longing, and anticipated. Because we see the manifestation of love happening and those who oppose love by hatred, a clash, get completely out of one or the other. Because you'll be forced to. And the love is to be injured. But always will lead to being rewarded. And so it is. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomic Show with a friend of Medjugorje. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.